0: Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Farah Siddiqui. Hope everyone's doing well on this Friday. I'm going to go over the week four matchups. This is part two of the matchup podcast. This is the second episode. The first episode dropped yesterday. Went over eight games. Uh, And in this episode, we're going to go over the other eight. Basically, I, I go over... All the matchups, I go over uh, a bunch of usages, right, over the first three weeks, which players are trending up and down. Uh, and I try to get through it in about 20 minutes. So, I hope you guys find value in this. I know you guys are busy, so this is why I like to kind of pack it in uh, into 20 minutes, about 40 minutes total to go over 16 games. Not bad. Not bad. So, let me know what you think of it. Uh, hit, hit me up with a DM, review the podcast, whatever it is. Uh, but let's just get right into it. All right, the Chiefs at Eagles. Uh, Chiefs are only favored by seven in this game, uh, which is interesting. I thought they would be favored by more, but the total is fifty-four and a half points. Uh, you know, this means that Vegas doesn't expect the Eagles to completely shit the bed again, right? You're starting Mahomes, you're starting Kelsey, you're starting Tyreek Hill. Uh, we talked about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire potentially having a g- good game against the Chargers last week, and he did, and it's possible it happens again this week. You know, we saw what the Cowboys were able to do last week. You know, um, on the ground against the Eagles right? Um, they've given up the fourth most rushing yards so far through four weeks. Uh, I'm sorry, two, through three weeks. I wouldn't put my money on it. Uh, but it could definitely happen with CEH. Again, I start him as a low end RB two. He's pretty touchdown dependent, right? And will need volume once again. Um, but yeah, that's about it for the chiefs offense. Those are the only startable guys on the Eagle side of the ball. Listen, Jalen hurts. Wasn't good. The offense overall wasn't good last week. Um, I, I do think it gets better. It's only up from here, you know, um, and, and I'm okay starting Hurts, once again, if you're looking for, you know, if you're looking at bad, streamy options, you know, I wouldn't put them over Jalen Hurts. Like, Kirk Cousins, sure, I'll start him over Hurts. Sam Darnold against the Cowboys, maybe, right? I like Hurts there. You know, I think that this offense corrects itself a bit. Um, he He's a low-end QB1 with high-end QB1 upside this week. Um, Devontae Smith is back to a is solid to high-end wide receiver three. I mentioned him potentially having a bad week last week uh, before that game because of the Trevon Diggs shadow and what we were expecting there, and that came to fruition. Um, he doesn't have to worry about that this week. The Chiefs haven't been good against the perimeter so far this season. They've been giving up the 10th most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers. Um, Jalen Rager is a flex play you know, for the same reason after getting eight targets last week. Uh, Miles Sanders... Also, someone who's going to bounce back. Such a weird game for him last week. He's not going to get two carries a game. All right. So, I expect him to get some work this week. Uh, He's a solid RB2, I think, against the Chiefs defense, who has given up the seventh most rushing yards so far through three games. Um, I don't really want to start either of these tight ends on the Eagles. Like, we have no idea whose game it's going to be, uh, if either of them, you know, but if you have to start one, I get it. You know, against the team who's given up the fifth most receiving yards against tight ends so far this year. Ertz did see seven targets last week, but Dallas Goddard is the guy if I'm going to start either of these guys this week. All right, moving on to the Texans at Bills. Uh, The Bills are favored by 17 points. Um, (laughs) we've seen crazier things, but like I just, how do you not choose the Texans here to cover? Um, The total here is 47 points. Listen, like you can't sit Brandon Cooks. I get it; he's a wide receiver too but he might be shadowed by Trev, uh, Tredavious White this week, so he gets downgraded. I, I doubt he gets 30% of targets if White is covering him all game, so I, I temper my expectations with Cook this, Cooks this week, but I, I totally understand putting him in your lineup. So that's about it on the Texans. Um, uh, Josh Allen is a QB1, high in QB1. He's in. I don't want to start either of the Bills running backs. They just don't get enough work. Zach Moss is an interesting stash, though, and I'll be monitoring him this game to see if Moss gets a bigger workload as he gets healthier. It's already trending in that direction as of right now. Uh, Stephon Diggs, he's in your lineup. The, his blow-up is coming soon, right? And it could be against Vernon Hargreaves this week, who has been struggling a little bit. Uh, most of his perimeter routes, uh, Stefan Diggs' perimeter routes, will likely come against Hargreaves on that side, on the left side. So, um, uh, and the, of these other wide receivers, Emmanuel Sanders, he's a low-end wide receiver, three high-end flex play. Uh, he has upside um every single week as long as he's running you know has the same route participation as Diggs does which he does have uh cole beasley he's getting 25 percent of targets on the season so if you're in a ppr league it's tough to not start him as a wide receiver three they run a lot of pass plays and, and this is a decent matchup uh and if you're desperate for a tight end on a good offense a good passing offense a high volume passing off offense dawson knox is a streamer in deeper leagues Okay, moving on to the Cardinals at the Rams. The Rams are favored by four points, 55-point implied total. Um, Kyla Murray balling, keep him in your lineup. DeAndre Hopkins is hurting a little bit, um, and while Jalen Ramsey has been lining up in the slot most of the time, not necessarily defending the slot receiver, but kind of playing this hybrid type of role, he has been spending about 30% of his snaps on the outside, and in this particular case, since he did it last year, he might shadow Hopkins. So, basically, stay, he'll basically stay on the left perimeter where Hopkins lives. So, I, I you know, it's funny. I've never seen a perimeter wide receiver of, of Hopkins caliber run all of his routes from one side of the field. Like, it's maddening. Uh, I really wish they mix it up more with Hopkins. But, anyway, uh, I'm still starting him as a wide receiver one. Um, it'll be hilarious if Hopkins does get the shadow from Ramsey, but he literally stays on the outside at all times. Um, Christian Kirk, he's a wide receiver three start this week, especially if Ramsey is in fact on Hopkins. Uh, he has the feel of a boom bust wide receiver because of the big plays, but he's been relatively consistent. Uh, if he gets it done this week, it'll be tough to keep him out of lineups moving forward. Uh, he's the preferred start, you know, while Rondell Moore is really a bench stash right now, he is a desperate upside flex option in deeper leagues. Talking about Rondell Moore here, you know, like 14 teams or more. Um, I know AJ Green had 100 yards last week, but I, I'm not I'm not going there. Uh Chase Edmonds, solid, you know, PPR RB2. He has the upside to be a be a low end PPR RB1 at some point. He's one of my favorite by lows, by the way. 24% of target share last week. Very welcome. The matchup for the whole offense isn't great, but the Cardinals are a high powered offense, so I'm gonna stick with, with your guns here. On the Rams side of the ball, I'm good starting Matthew Stafford as a solid QB1. He's balling. Uh, you're obviously starting Cooper Cup. He gets another great matchup, pretty good matchup. The Cardinals have given up the 13 most fantasy sl- points to slot wide receivers. Um, now, is this the week that Robert Woods starts getting some targets? Maybe. Like, this isn't really a matchup thing with him. It's about whether Stafford simply, you know, gives him what he's capable of handling in terms of some consistent volume. Like, he has 20% of targets on the season, which is good, and I think that can go up a bit. But Cup's share will likely have to come down a little bit. So I, I'd play Woods as a wide receiver three this week and I'm hoping his production can start adding up to some future wide receiver two starts. Uh, Tyler Higbee came back alive last week. He's still a solid tight end one for this week. The Cardinals haven't gone up against any good tight ends over the first three weeks, so it's tough to really get a gauge of what this matchup might look like over the course of the season in terms of defending tight ends. Uh, as far as his backfield, Dal Henderson hasn't practiced in full yet, but you know if you go on my Instagram and you stay you know updated through my Instagram stories, uh, you know you'll definitely you know have an idea as soon as it happens whether he practices or not just stay up to date after this podcast you'll stay up to date with my Instagram stories I'll kind of uh, you know kind of go over like who's in and who's out and, and who who would be the uh, my preferred plays uh, depending on what situations um, you know are happening and that's just not for Dal Henderson but that's for for all of the other um, you know injuries as well um, but you know I, I don't feel comfortable starting him this week with this rib injury because it's possible that he's active and then Sonny Michelle gets all the work. I'd love for him to get some full practices in before I put him in my lineup. Um, if Henderson does miss though, Michelle is a high-end RB two start against a Cardinals team who has given up the fifth most rushing yards to running backs uh, so far through three weeks. So Michelle, you know, he also played on seventy-four percent of snaps last week without Henderson, uh, a very healthy number. So I'm I'm all in on Michelle, uh, you know, producing if you know the if if Henderson is out all right moving on to the Seahawks and 49ers uh Russell Wilson you know quarterback one he's a QB one this week DK Metcalf he's in your lineup Tala Lockett in your lineup both are borderline wide receiver ones right now Lockett seems to be fine um after what seemed like a scary knee injury last week Pete Carroll said he's fine uh but he missed practice with a hip injury on Thursday I'm monitoring that again stay, stay up to date with my Instagram stories uh, at Upper Hand Fantasy. Um, but, you know, don't take Cal's word on anything. He said he's fine, but, you know, pay attention to the practice reports and stuff. Uh, but the 49ers secondary is very banged up right now, but they haven't given up a ton of fantasy points to wide receivers. So still starting these guys, though, obviously. Okay, Chris Carson, you know, was a bit banged up last week. You know, some reported hamstring, right? Um, but it turned out to be cramps, so which makes sense if he's not missing any time. So Chris Carson is still a solid RB2, even what might seem like a tough matchup. Um, Gerald Everett turning into a low-end tight end one with his increased usage lately. His route percentage has been solid over the last two weeks. And it's not much of a share anymore between him and Will Disley like it was in week one. Debo Samuel, you know, still getting some great usage. Uh, I'm still starting him as a wide receiver too. uh, Even though, you know, Brandon Ayuk is finally getting some route participation now, right? He's getting a full route participation um, as of last week. He's not sharing snaps. Uh, anymore. So IU can start getting some targets as of right now. He's a flex play, but he can easily become a wide receiver three if he starts getting some more opportunities this week. Both of these guys run most of their routes on the perimeter and the Seahawks have given up the 13th most fantasy points through the first uh, three weeks of the season to perimeter wide receivers. Um, So the matchup is solid and George Kittle, there's no guarantee that he plays this week. So if he doesn't play, that's 25% of target share out the window from week three so a lot of that can go towards Brandon Ayuk and both of these guys would get upgrades but you know Debo's a high and wide receiver too then and then Ayuk is like a you know you can put him in as a wide receiver three still but have a little bit more confidence that there's more targets to go around and if Elijah Mitchell isn't going to be out there this week it doesn't seem like it is then they might be a little bit more pass, pass heavy than usual against the Seahawks um, but Kyle, Kyle Shanahan said that he won't make a decision until Saturday about Mitchell and that Mitchell is still hurting. So I don't want to count him in. Trey Sermon will be the main running back again, but I don't trust him either. He's no more than a flex option this week after hardly getting 50% of snaps last week and with no running backs of note active. Moving on to the Ravens and Broncos. Latavius Murray got a higher percentage of the rushing attempts last week than Tyson Williams, so it's trending in that direction right now. It's still a three-man committee at this point with Freeman getting some work too. Um, I would guess this turns into a two-man at some point, but I don't, I don't want to start either of these guys this week, especially against the Broncos. They've allowed the second-least amount of rushing yards to running backs so far, and they haven't allowed a touchdown to running backs through three weeks either. Um, Lamar Jackson's in despite the tough matchup. I'd start him as a solid QB1 this week, so just a slight downgrade there. Uh, Marquise Brown's matchup is not terrible. Um, he does run a lot of routes from the from the slot, where the Broncos have been great with Bryce Callahan, but he'll also see a lot of Kyle Fuller um, on that right side. So that's where the good matchup is. Uh, Brown is still a wide receiver three this week with the Ravens starting the, to pass the ball a little bit more uh, because of their weakness in the run game now. But I, and and if you look at Mark Andrews, he's someone that they might depend on this week um, as a high end tight end one. Um, the Broncos have been good against defending the tight end position, but you know I'm still starting Mark Mark Andrews unless I have like Kittle. Uh, not Kittle, I'm sorry, Waller, Kelsey. <laughs> that's about it. Um, on the bro- And T.J. Hawkinson, obviously. Uh, on the Broncos side, Cortland Sutton is a borderline wire receiver too. Not the best matchup on the perimeter. But Sutton, you know, he's a physical receiver. He can get it done as long as he gets targets. Five targets last week. That's not going to do it, right, like he had the week before. Um, so the hope is that he can lead target share by a healthy margin. Tim Patrick got the same amount of targets as Sutton last week. But I, I wouldn't be i would be a little hesitant starting Patrick in this particular matchup, but you know he's still a flex play because he did get you know he did tie for, for being first in targets last week, and then also on top of that you know you have no KJ Hamler anymore because he he's out for the season. It would have been a really good matchup for KJ Hamler this week, by the way, because the Ravens ha- haven't been good against the slot. Uh, the Ravens did shut down TJ Hawkinson last week after Darren Waller and Travis Kelsey went off on them the two weeks prior. Um, I think they had enough, (laughs) right? Um, And now they see Noah Fant, but I think they won't put as much emphasis on Noah Fant since they have Colin Sutton, they have Tim Patrick to worry about at least. Um, Fant is a low-end tight end one play this week. Hawkinson even acknowledged that the Ravens were acting like he was the focal point last week, which he was because the Lions just don't have anyone to throw the ball to, right? Uh, Melvin Gordon, he's getting more of the work in the Broncos' backfield um, as the weeks go on. He's just like a higher percentage, he has a higher percentage of the rushing attempts, Higher percentage of the, the route percentage as well. So, you know, these guys are both flex plays, um, him and the rookie, if you're desperate, but the matchup is not great. Steelers at the Packers. Uh, Deontay Johnson is back this week, so put him in your lineup as a wide receiver too. Uh, he gets a bump in PPR leagues to a high end wide receiver too. The hope is that he can make it through a game without getting hurt. That's the hope. He does line up away from Jair Alexander on like 65% of his routes, so I'm not worried about that matchup. Uh, No word on Juju yet. I'm recording this before the Steelers released their practice report for Friday, but he did get into limited practice on Thursday. Uh, He's a bit of an iffy play this week, to be honest, but Chase Claypool also popped up on the injury report with a hamstring on Thursday. Uh, Not sure if this is anything we should be concerned about, but Friday's practice report will say a lot. Uh, Just keep up, again, with my Instagram stories at Fantasy, and you'll get all the updates that you need there. Uh, If Chase Chase Claypool does play, about 40% of his routes will come after Juju, come against uh, Jair Alexander. Najee Harris, again, he's going to make his money off of these targets. He's a must-start if you're in a PPR league. Uh, He's an RB1 start either way with the opportunity he's getting, especially in the pass game. He probably won't see 19 targets again (laughs) like he did last week, but I can totally see a 7 to 8 targets this week for Najee, especially if Juju isn't 100%. Okay, on the other side of the ball, Aaron Rodgers has a good start this week. The Steelers' secondary has not been playing well. As long as he stays upright... He should be able to take care of business. Solid quarterback one this week. Devonta Adams obviously in, uh, especially against the secondary, giving up the second most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers. Now, can Marquez Valdez-Scaling do something this week? Are you in a pinch? Are you suffering from flex distress? Are all the waiver wire options gone? You might be eligible to take care of that problem with MVS this week. Aaron Jones in your lineup. His usage is amazing this year. Now the game I'm most excited about, the Bucs and the Patriots. Bucks are favored by 7, 49-point implied total. Get Tom Brady in your lineup, because my man is on a mission to destroy Bill Belichick and the Patriots this week. He should have all his weapons. A.B. is back. Gronk should play. Get everyone in your lineup. Shit's going to be crazy. The over-under in this game is 49, but I think the Bucks are going to score 49 themselves. The Patriots have played the Dolphins, the Jets, and the Saints, so they didn't get tested yet on defense. Um, the matchup's on paper. All suck, but Mike Evans will be able to take care of Jalen Mills on the left side. A B will have the toughest matchup against JC Jackson, but but he's still a fringe wide receiver three this week. Um I play Gronk if he plays, even if he's hurting a little bit. Like you don't want like you don't think Brady is gonna try his best to get Gronk a touchdown in New England again. But I you know, I don't want to miss out personally. I'm gonna have all these guys in my lineup and I'm gonna have my popcorn ready for sure. And it's a night game. That's what's up. Now, on the Patriots' side, Jacoby Myers, you know, who I'm very intrigued by, especially in this matchup, and with the Patriots likely in a negative game script at some point, the Bucks have allowed the most fantasy points to wide receivers, the fifth most fantasy points to slot wide receivers like Jacoby Myers. Uh, and I think Nelson Aguilar is a good DFS play, um, or a long shot flex play, similar to MVS, because the Bucks have allowed the most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers on both sides. And if you're wondering where Carlton Davis plays, he plays on the right side. And Aguilar runs most of his routes on the left side. The Bucs' def- rush defense is great, and their pass defense is bad. So these wide receivers get a bump this week. Um, I know they added Richard Sherman, but this is the, his first week with the Bucks, So I'm not really considering that. I don't want to play Damian Harris in this matchup. Very tough matchup here. Um, I'm looking to see who replaces James White in his role, whether Brandon Bolden is doing it again, or if someone like J.J. Taylor takes that role. Uh, if it's him... Uh, he's going to be a big waiver waiver wire pickup this week, which is why I picked him up in a few leagues already. Okay, the Raiders at Chargers. Uh, this is the Monday night game. Josh Jacobs is being call, called questionable by John Gruden, even though he did return to practice. My guess is that he plays this week, but this game, you know, is on Monday night, so we might not know until later in the weekend. Uh, if Jacobs does get a full practice in on Friday, and again, you know, stay up to date with my Instagram stories at Upperhand Fantasy. You know, I would assume he's playing. The last practice of this week is Saturday for them because their game is on Monday. Everyone else's practice, last practice, is on, on Friday if they play on Sunday. That's how it usually works. Uh, but if Jacobs can't go, Peyton Barber would be the guy. I'd play Jacobs if he plays, and I'd play Par- Barber uh, if Jacobs misses, both as RB2s. This is a good matchup for them. The Chargers are a bit of a run funnel, so I can see 20-plus carries from each of them. Uh, as long as the raiders don't get down big not each of them but you know whoever plays as the raiders don't get down as long as the raiders don't get down big now these wide receivers like super like weird right like how this situation is going like Derek Carr is throwing 400 yards every single week but there's no consistency with these wide receivers you know really outside of Hunter Renfro, he's a PPR flex play he seems to have the highest floor of these three guys uh, Brian Edwards is like a flex play in deeper leagues Henry Ruggs is an upside flex play, and his main matchup against Michael Davis is probably the best of the three wide receivers. Um, You're starting Waller, obviously. Derek Carr, you know, is his start because he's throwing for 400 yards every game. I have a feeling that this might be more of a run-heavy game, but we'll see. Um, He's a low-end quarterback one. Uh, This week, let's see, another side of the ball, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, both in as borderline wide receiver ones regardless of matchup, but nothing to worry about in this one. Uh, Justin Herbert is a low-end QB1. As a result, the matchup is okay, but he does have some weapons, so I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, Austin Eckler, high-end PPR RB1, and then a solid RB1 in any other format, meaning half PPR or or you know non PPR. Solid matchup there. All right, that's it. That does it. I hope this 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 was useful for you guys. I hope this helps you. Good luck this weekend. I hope you guys have a fa- a wonderful weekend. You know, doing whatever you do, and good luck on Sunday. I'll see you guys on Tuesday with the waiver wire article. And make sure to keep up with my Instagram stories as well at Upperhand Fantasy. This is Faraz Siddiqui. Take it easy, guys. See ya.